0: Today, in my next to last sermon with you, I want to share with you about what I think is the most important thing in the world. It's something I've talked about here before, but I want to talk about it once again. And this thing, if you have it in your life, your life will be better. You will have more peace, you will have more joy, you will have more purpose. If you don't have this, your life, it will be worse off. If a church has this and is full of this, people will know and people around will come and see and want to be a part of it. And if a church doesn't have this, it might as well close its doors and sell the property. You can't buy it at Bucky's. There's no supply chain issues for this thing. It's free, yet costly, simple, yet profound. It has changed the world. It is changing the world. And if you forget every point of every sermon I've preached here and yet you begin to understand and experience what I'm going to talk about this morning, then I will feel like I have succeeded here. What I want to talk with you about this morning is God's love. Now, if you're like me, when you hear that, you think, okay, that's a little kumbaya, right? You know, sit around the campfire, let's sing songs and give hugs or... Sometimes when we think about God's love, it's a little squishy and soft, and we think, you know what, I'd rather hear about God's power, I'd rather hear about God's presence, God's love. You know, love is a word in our culture uh, that kind of means anything and everything. If you're like me and you've watched multiple seasons of The Bachelor, anybody in here? No. <laughs> a few of you are willing to admit it. You know that, that love is a word that gets tossed around, and a lot of times... It doesn't mean much these days. But God's love is different. God's love is holy. God's love is righteous. God's love is at times scandalous. God's love is radical. And I believe God's love has the power to change your life. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. And as we talk about it, um, actually, I need um, a couple of volunteers. Anybody willing to pass these out to people? Wayne, you willing to help? Ash? Um, I want you to remember this message. So I have a gift for you. This gift cost about a penny each for you. I'm very feeling very generous today. This cost about a penny, but it's a small gift that I hope will point you to the greater gift of God's love. And really, it's kind of the outline of the sermon and some scriptures. And I want to encourage you to put this in your wallet, put it on your mirror, put it on your dashboard. Memorize these scriptures... Because God's love has the power to transform everything. And so if you if you take your card and you look at the top of it on one side, there's three words, and the first word is for. For and that's where I want to begin with God's love for you. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but do you know that God loves you? My grandpa grew up in a, in a church, and he said he never heard that God loves him in church growing up until he went to a Methodist church down the road, and he heard that. So maybe, maybe for you, you've never heard that, but maybe you've heard it a million times, and it's kind of lost its power on you, but that's what Scripture says. God loves you. And Jesus reminds us of this in, in John chapter 3, verse 16, a verse you're, you're familiar with. One day a man named Nicodemus comes to him in the cover of night and is wanting to know about the kingdom of God and, and Christ and learn more about all of this. And Jesus, in a conversation with him, says this. Jesus tells him, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is perhaps the most famous Bible verse in the world, and I think it's for good reasons. You've seen it under football players' eyes. You've seen it on billboards. Maybe you memorized it as a kid at vacation Bible school one summer. And so I think a lot of times it loses its its power, but this is the beginning of the gospel, God's love for you, and not just for you, but for the whole world. Because when we look in Genesis chapter 1, we find that God created this world out of love. God is love and He created you and I for loving relationships with Him and with one another. And when we say God loves the whole world, I mean, it, it, you have to think about this. This is kind of a radical statement, right? All of the shootings we've had lately, the, the shooters who went and murdered people, do you know God loved them? The person who hurt you growing up bullied you, taunted you, God loves them. If you're here this morning and maybe you you feel kind of guilt, shame, or like you don't really belong here in God's house, God loves you. God loves each and every one of us. Sometimes it's easy to think about God's love for the world, but forget that God's love is personal for us. And so I want to I put up the next slide here. We have a blank in the verse. And I want you to read this out loud with me. And where the blank is, I want you to say your name, okay? So let's do it together. For God so loved that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's love is is cosmic, and yet it's personal. And if you notice in this verse, it doesn't just say, you know, God felt love. What we found throughout Scripture is that God demonstrates His love, and He demonstrated His love by sending His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to rescue us, and save us. And sometimes we think, okay, well, why did, why did Jesus come? Jesus came because although we were created out of love, we were created for love, you know that we've turned our back on God. We've turned our back on one another. Instead of loving other people, we've hated other people. Instead of living selflessly, we've, loved, we've lived selfishly. We have broken our relationships. We see the brokenness in the world all around us. And when God looked down at the world, he knew that we couldn't fix this ourselves. He knew that the problems we had were too big, that we couldn't do enough good deeds to outweigh our bad deeds, that we needed a Savior. We needed someone to come and pay the debt for our sin that we couldn't pay for ourselves. God knew that that without His intervention, we were hopeless. And so He sent His one and only Son into this world to live a holy life. And when you think about what a life of love looks like in this world, I want to always point you back to the Gospels. Jesus shows us what a life of love looks like here and now. When you want to see a demonstration of God's love, we see it on the cross as Jesus laid down his very life as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could be restored in our relationship with God now and forever. Jesus came out of love for you and for me, he is God's love. For us, and, and if you look in the verse, uh, you know, you see what you have to do to receive this love. It's, it's, it's simple. It's whoever believes. Whoever believes. Another word for belief is, is trust. Whoever trusts that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior, come to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Whoever believes shall not perish. That is, perish here and now. Because the life apart from God and God's love will be worse off. Shall not perish here and now and shall not perish eternally. But instead, they will have eternal life. And what we find throughout the scriptures is eternal life isn't just something in the future. It's something that God wants to begin in our lives here and now when we believe and belong to him. And so I want you to hear this morning, God has love for you. One of the great things the last few weeks is we've been having a baptism each week. We have another one today we got another one next week. If you want to be baptized, come and talk with me. It would be my honor. And and when I'm talking with with candidates for baptism about what baptism is, about what it signifies, I talk with them about God's love for them, about how Jesus Christ came to this world and gave His life for them and how faith, trust in Him is the beginning. But I always tell people this, that that sometimes in, in the Christian world, we think about belief in Jesus and baptism as kind of the finish line. You might know this, you know, it's like a ticket to heaven. You've heard it, fire insurance. People think, you know what, I've believed, I've been baptized, now I can just do whatever I want in life, and then I'll, I'll be in heaven in the end. But, but here's the thing, that's not God's desire for us. Belief is not the finish line, it's the starting line. It's the starting line, it's the beginning of what God wants to do in us. And we see this in John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about faith and belief. Nicodemus is asking, you know, how to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus tells him, you must be born again. He says, you must be born again. And if you think about this image of being born, you think about a baby. If if a baby was born, and that baby was six pounds and three ounces for years and years, would that be healthy? No. So if you think about being born again, if you're born again and you believe in Jesus Christ and You just stay the same and you never mature and you never grow. Is that healthy? No. Belief in God's love for us and receiving God's love for us is just the beginning of what God wants to do in our lives. He has more. He has more, which brings us to the second word on the card here. In. You see, God hasn't just demonstrated His love for us when we believe He places His love in us by the power of His Holy Spirit. Here's another verse, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Paul writes, Don't you know that you are God's temple and God's Spirit lives in you? Here Paul's speaking to to the church as a whole. He's saying, don't y'all know? Y'all are God's temple. But that's where he speaks about how we each personally, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what he's reminding us of is when we believe in God's love for us, the Holy Spirit enters into our life and God is love, God's spirit is love. And so his love is shed abroad in our hearts. And his love begins to transform us. And I know when we talk about the Holy Spirit... You might not know this, but today is actually the day of Pentecost. It's the 50th day after Easter. So churches all over the world this morning are celebrating Pentecost, the day in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was sent by God down upon the church and it birthed the church and the church began to go out and change the world. And we remember that Pentecost isn't just something that happened in the past, but we celebrate that Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, is a present reality for each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to continue to work in our lives Today, and I know I heard a pastor say this week, his name is Rich Viotis. He said that when it comes to churches and people and beginning to talk about the Holy Spirit. Anybody grew up hearing about the Holy Ghost? He says, well, you know, some people are are frightened by it. You know, if you're five years old and all you hear about is the Holy Ghost, you're like, I don't know about ghosts. I don't know if I want a ghost in my life. Some people are frightened by it. He says a lot of churches have forgotten the Spirit. Talk about God the Father, God the Son, never God the Spirit. Some churches have been very forceful with the Spirit. And it's kind of been mishandled and abused in some ways. But he he says the proper orientation in regards to the Holy Spirit isn't any of those things. Instead, it's an orientation of friendship with the Spirit. Welcoming the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Because it's the Holy Spirit that forms us from the inside out into people of love. People who live and look like Jesus Christ. And this is just a very elementary example to help illustrate what I'm talking about here. I mean, if we think about this as our lives... We know that left to ourselves, our lives are not pure. They're, they're full of muck. They're full of mud. They're full of lust. They're full of anger. They're full of envy. They're full of disoriented desires. But what happens when we believe is, is we are forgiven of our sins. But that's just the beginning. We're forgiven of our sins. But when the Holy Spirit is poured out into us, we are cleansed from our sins. 1 John 1.9 says, God is faithful and just. He forgives us of our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. And so when we welcome the Spirit, we invite the Spirit to continue to work in our lives, the Holy Spirit begins to cleanse us from the inside out. And Jesus says that what's on the inside will eventually show up on the outside. And so we need the Holy Spirit's purifying power and presence filling us. Because when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are cleansed with the Spirit, what happens is love begins to form in our hearts. And because that love is in our hearts, it begins to overflow into our lives and into our relationships all around us. Which brings us to the last word on here, through. God has love for us. Through the Holy Spirit, God has placed his love in us, and then God wants his love to work through us. So if you flip on the back, 1 John 3.16. If you notice, I tried to make it easy for you. All of these verses are chapter 3, verse 16. There we read this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He tells us God's love is something that's meant to flow to us and then through us. And the love that that, that flows through us, it isn't love that looks like the world, looks like The Bachelor, looks like any of that stuff. The love that God wants to flow through us looks like Jesus Christ. And so the love is unconditional. It's sacrificial. It's radical. It is selfless. It's a love that's willing to lay down our very lives for other people. You might have heard this story before about a little girl who spent many of her younger years on the playground having fun with her friends, but she was diagnosed with a rare disease. She was diagnosed with a rare disease, and then they found out she needed blood transfusions. And so they went to her parents, and they talked to her parents, and her parents weren't an exact match, and so things weren't really working out there. So they tried to get other donors, and they couldn't find somebody because of a rare blood type, but they found out her her younger brother, who was really small at the time, that he was a match. And so the the parents finally went to the younger brother. They, they, They were kind of a last resort with him, but they went to him. And before bed one night, they said to him, they said, Hey, you know about your sister's situation. Would you be willing to be a blood donor for her and to help her with this transfusion? And the boy, he thought about it and he said, Can I I have the night to think it over? And the parents said, Yeah, sure, sure. So the next day he came to them and he said, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And so soon they had this, the doctor's appointment scheduled and he was on one side of the room, his sister was on the other, and there was tubes everywhere and they got the IV in his arm. And he called the doctor over, the little boy, and he said, doctor, how long until I die? And the doctor paused for a minute because he didn't quite understand, but then he Then he got it. The little boy thought that the blood transfusion meant that that he was gonna die, and he was willing to do that for his sister. Now here's the truth. Most of us, most of us won't have numerous opportunities to literally lay down our lives for others. But we do have opportunities big and small, day in and day out, to metaphorically lay down our lives for others. And when we forgive other people for the sins they've committed against us and we, we, we lay down that desire for revenge, that's a way we, we look like Jesus and God's love flows through us. When we have a neighbor who gets on our nerves and it's very inconvenient to serve them and care for them, and yet we push aside our schedule and we lay down our lives for them, it's a way God's love flows through us. Love isn't normally convenient. It's not easy a lot of times. It is costly, but it costs Jesus his life. And now his life, his love flows to us. It fills us and it's meant to flow through us. And and I just want to say this morning, it's it's been great to see it in this church over the last number of years and even even lately. Lately, people have been uh, volunteering their Saturdays and taking time off work to to babysit my son so that that we can pack our house. People laying down their lives. We're packing 10,000 meals coming up. Our church is giving financially to help feed other children in the world when we could buy all sorts of stuff for our own building. I heard recently about someone in our church. She was moving and needed to sell some of her stuff. So people from our church helped her have a yard sale. Another person had extra items and they said, look, I'm willing to give those to someone else in need in our church. These are just small examples. But they are examples of God's love flowing Through us. And when that happens, we are witnesses to other people and witnesses to the world. And so this morning, if I finish this line, I would just say, Dear church, keep it up. Keep it up. The gospel is the good news of God's love for us, in us, and through us. And so keep believing. Keep believing in Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son. Keep believing that He is the Savior of the world. Keep being open to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. Keep becoming tangible expressions of God's love for other people. Because I truly believe love is the beginning, the middle, and the end. Thank you for loving me. Keep loving one another. Let's pray. As we come into this posture of prayer, I just want to say this morning that the decision to believe in Jesus and receive his great love for you your heart it's the greatest decision you can ever make. And so this morning I want to I want to just take a few minutes to give us an opportunity to respond to God's love in our lives. And so if you're here this morning and maybe you've never maybe you've never heard about God's love for you, maybe you've never felt God's love for you and you want to receive that gift this morning for the first time and you want to say God I I believe in you. I want your love. I want this new life that you've promised me. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand so we can pray for you and recognize you? And if that's you, would you just pray this in the stillness of your heart after me? Dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. sin I want to turn from my old life and turn toward you I believe you're the son of God sent to save the world would you help me follow you every day and help me know I'm loved by you maybe there's others of you this morning you're recipients of God's love you know he loves you and yet you know on the inside you still need cleansing you still need more of the Holy Spirit in your life this morning if you want to say I I want the Holy Spirit to fill me once again to cleanse me from the inside out if that's you would you would you just raise your hand so that we can pray for you God we pray Holy Spirit come Come, fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in us love anew. Cleanse us from the inside out so that your love might flow through us. And then this morning, if if you're somebody and you've got difficult people in your life and you're saying, I need help with God's love flowing through me, I need help. I need help loving my spouse. I need help loving my neighbor. I need help loving my children. God, would you you help me express that love to others? If that's you, would you raise your hands this morning so we can pray for you? God, we know that love is not easy. So we pray for your help. We pray for your help to love other people as you've loved us. We know that we haven't, earned your love or deserved your love, it is a free gift. Help us share that free gift with other people today and every day. We thank you for your love and for your son, Jesus Christ. And we ask all of these things in his son's holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I invite you to stand. And worship with us as we invite the Holy Spirit to come once again.